This is Derek Rieger signing on. My house is flooded. My personal life is in shambles. And the sickness has just slowly taken over my body. I had no voice for the last week or so, but I'm here. I'm back. Sorry for me missing week one. I had a lot of stuff going on. Um, and I, so did uh, Angela and Greg. Angela and Greg actually aren't on this episode because uh, only winners get to be on this episode. Angelo and Greg both taking huge L's last week. Uh, Angela actually, actually lost to me 130 to 129. You hate to see that. Um, I, I was actually able to pull Matt Stafford going into the matchup on uh, Monday night. And I got a lot. I got a lot of flack from it. They're like, "Why? Why would you sit a quarterback? You know, he's gonna he's going to um, provide more than like zero points." But if you watch that matchup at all, um, let me tell you, the extra points that I would have gained um, was much, much um, less worth uh, the stress that I I would have had to gone through <laughs> go through uh, with it being such a close matchup. So I pulled 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 the uh, quarterback. Ended up getting the win, and Keith, or uh, Keith, Keith actually ended up pulling out the win over Greg this week. Another close matchup, 113 to 110. Um, Greg was feeling the burn from another Greg, Greg Olson, and uh, also he had Alex Collins in his flex, who I believe had a fumble. Um, but we're back. This is the Saturday before uh, week two of Sunday. A lot, a lot of good games we're going to talk about here. I want to start off with the Chiefs and the Steelers. A uh, lot of tilt going on around the Kansas City Chiefs organization uh, headed into this matchup. Everybody's very high on Patrick Mahomes after um, he lit it up in Los Angeles. Um, everybody's very, very high on uh, Tyreek Hill, um, who again was the main connection of Pat Mahomes. Um, I, I, re- I really want to, you know, lower expectations for these guys. Uh, Kareem Hunt and Travis Kelsey are in the offense for the reason. Uh, you know, the, the the offense realistically can't can't survive with uh, just going to one option. I get the Tyreek Hill is a superhuman. But um, you know they they're gonna end they're gonna end up needing to spread the ball around, um, and I'm expecting you know major major regression. Pat Mahomes and Tyree Kill aren't gonna be putting up forty forty point weeks every single week. Um, I actually I actually play the Tyree Kill owner this week, um, and I'm not scared. Um, I'm actually more scared that he has Jarvis Landry going in in his flex, but we'll get we'll we'll get to there later. Um, Steelers are five and a half point favorites in this matchup. Um, I'm starting off every Steeler that I own. It's going to be a big James Conner game, um, big Ben Roethlisberger game. I feel like Ben Ben was actually questionable heading into this matchup, but it looks like he's going to play. Um, he's averaged about 18 points uh, every time they play the, the Chiefs. Um, so definitely fire him up. I love Antonio Brown. I love Juju Smith-Schuster in this matchup. Uh, definitely fire up all your Steelers. Moving on, Dolphins play the Jets. Jets are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Big takeaways from um, the Jets matchup last week against the Lions. Uh, Sam Darnold looks good. Uh, This was a guy that I I was very high on coming off of the draft, and he looked good. Uh, There was some dynamics with the offense that I thought were very noteworthy. Um, One, Robbie Anderson, who I I own in 
another league of mine, not my main league that I rah, rah, rah about up here. Um, didn't get a lot of targets. He did score off of a long touchdown, and I've been trying to trade him this week. Um, it's looking like Quincy Inunua is going to be the possession guy on the team. He's going, going to be netting a, a large amount of targets. He was a waiver wire pickup uh, this past week that, that was very, um, very popular. Um, so I really like him. And then also the split backfield, um, Isaiah Crowell and Bilal Powell both proved to be very valuable running backs in the matchup. This past week, I'm not sure if that's just because the Lions, the Lions defense is cheeks like it's terrible, um, but definitely something to look forward to look um, look at and monitor uh, going forward. Uh, just because you know, I, I believe that Bilal Powell is the pass catching running back in that backfield. But Isaiah Crowell went off. I I even I was talking to to the owner uh, Tom that owns both the running backs in this league and. Um, he he started Crowell over Powell, and um, I was like, "Oh, that was a stupid move." But he ended up making me eat my words uh, late, later later in the matchup when he ran for a long touchdown. So definitely definitely something to look forward look look to and monitor going forward. Um, also, Dolphins in this matchup. You know, I don't like a ton of Dolphins in this matchup. Um, I would say you're definitely going to start your Kenyon Drake. Um, Kenny Stills could be a flex flex worthy play in uh, deeper deeper leagues. Um, I know he had a long touchdown this past week, but other than that, you know, I don't really like the Dolphins as an organization this year. Um, even if is even as I say, start Kenyon Drake. I know that uh, Frank Gore is going to be a continuous factor in that backfield. Uh, so just want to temper expectations. My Philadelphia Eagles, three-point favorites over the Bucks. Only three points. Are you kidding me? This is Nick Foles' hate and large tilts from the Bucks organization. What is going on with the Bucks this year? I do have to say I, I am a fan of Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, specifically during his time with the Jets. Him, Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker, it was money. The connection was real for the longest time. Um, but... Come on, like you got you got to be tilting over these guys right now. Um, Deshaun Jackson's expected to play. I know he had a long touchdown uh, last week. I wouldn't play him unless you know you're desperate or you're down by a lot. I know I know the Thursday game um, this week really messed people up. So if you're going up against the AJ Green owner, maybe put Deshaun Jackson in your flex, um, hoping that he'll have a similar like really big massive game like AJ Green did. Like, come on. Three touchdowns on three passes. That's insane. That's a Will Fuller-like startup to the season. Um, and for Eagle, for the Eagles, I'm, I'm really looking at Jay Ajayi to be a factor in this matchup. He's somebody that I really wanted to start over Joe Mixon, who did struggle this week against the Baltimore defense, but I did end up going with Mixon uh, instead. Jay Ajayi... Um, Big big things to note. Uh, Darren Sproles is actually going to be out in this matchup. I'm expecting JJ to get more work. Doug Peterson's going to keep his word that uh, JJ will get more work in this matchup. Um, and you know, I feel like he could get 20 carries here. I feel like uh, the Eagles should be up. Hopefully, the Bucks don't uh, blow us up like they did the Saints and uh, run up the score. But I feel like uh, the game script is going to be in JJ's favor for this matchup. Uh, Nelson Aguilar could catch a lot of balls, and don't be scared of Zach Ertz either. I know he had a lot of drops last week, 
I kind I kind of viewed him as a buy low candidate this week, just just in case people were tilting away from him, uh, getting scared, getting nervous that their third, fourth, fifth round draft pick uh, wasn't going to pan out this year. But no, I, I think that Zach Ertz is going to be absolutely fine. Don't worry. Even with Nick Foles, he is going to be peppered with targets. He's going to be fantasy relevant this year. I believe it. Saints are nine and a half point favorites over the Browns. Um, obviously, you're going to start start Alvin Kamara. Obviously, you're going to start Mike Thomas. Obviously, you're going to start Drew Brees. Um, Ted Ginn had a touchdown last week. You know these speedsters are really playing with me. Like I feel like I I view him as a similar category as Sean Jackson. If you are desperate, you can play him in your flex. It is a good matchup. Um, on the Brown side of the ball, I really, really like Jarvis Landry in this matchup. He is actually my my start of the week. I can get into that later, but he's going he's going to have the game script in his favor. Josh Gordon is actually out of this matchup. He's been ruled out with a hamstring injury, I believe, and and Jarvis Landry is going to avoid Marshawn Lattimore in in the slot. So. I'm facing Jarvis Landry this week. I am a little shook about it, um, especially with my Baltimore Ravens defense netting me negative two points. Ouch, that hurts me. Um, But no, I think that Jarvis Landry is absolutely um, in for a good game. Also, look at David Njoku as well. Um, You know, I, I know that... This offense has a lot, lot of weapons, but I believe that you know, with the absence of Josh Gordon, you know, a a lot of the a lot of the draft picks that you made are going to get a bump bump in targets on the Brown side. I also like the upside of Tyrod Taylor in this matchup. I I just I just really think you can't go wrong with any kind of fantasy asset going into this game. I feel like it's going to be a high scoring game, especially with uh, how the Saints defense looked last week. It was not looking good at all. Chargers are seven and a half point favorites over the Bills. Let me tell you, if you want to make some quick and easy money, bet on the line of this game. I have $25 riding on the Chargers to cover this spread. And it's really a no-brainer. Start up every single charger you own. I like Philip Rivers. I like Melvin Gordon. I'm starting Melvin Gordon. I'm starting my Keenan Allen. This is Keenan Allen. Like this is this is where he really started to break out uh, going into the fantasy playoffs last year. The big massive game. I believe it was like around 180 yards and two touchdowns. Really, really high on Keenan Allen, and also I like both both of the Williams guys as well, uh, Tyrell Williams and Mike Williams. I think those are good guys to put in your flex position. Going going in on the other side of the ball, the Bills. Unless you have LaShawn McCoy, stay away from this matchup. I feel like it is going to be absolute mayhem. They are starting Josh Allen. Um, so I guess if you're in a two-quarterback league and li- literally no other uh, quarterbacks are starting or you believe in Josh Allen, uh, you can start him up. But I am staying away from a lot of bills in this matchup. I feel like it is going to be heavily sided on one end of the ball. Moving on, the Redskins are six-point favorites over the Colts this week. Um, you know, I really like Alec, Alex Smith in this matchup. I like Adrian Peterson in this matchup. I also think you can start Chris Thompson. Like, I know that the volume necessarily is, like, isn't necessarily his thing all the time, but he is so efficient with his workload. You know, he can get you a 20-point game off of T. 
10 targets or whatever whatever it is he does. If Chris Thompson is healthy, you are playing him in this matchup. He's he's a massive favorite. Um, other than that, you know, the Redskins defense actually looked pretty decent last week heading on to the Colts side of the ball. Uh, Marlon Mack, I'm pretty sure, is supposed to play in this game, which is good news for his owners. Um, I would stay. I would stay away in this matchup. Um, you know, Marlon Mack is one of these guys that I feel like you can sit on for a week, see how he does. Um, the Redskins defense is a perfect kind of test to see like what the breakdown is in um, carries. You know how effective he is with the ball. Um, I feel like you can start your Andrew Luck in your, this matchup. You're obviously starting your T.Y. Hiltons. Um, definitely fire up all those guys as well. Moving on, the Vikings are one-point favorites over the Packers at home in Lambeau. I I am definitely going to expect this line to change uh, going forward, and a lot of it's going to come down to Aaron Rodgers. We saw him go down with a knee injury last week, and then he came back with a big smile on his face, probably uh, hyped up on some pain medication uh, to whoop the Chicago Bears in a in a crazy crazy comeback win i was actually going up going up against angelo the aaron Rodgers owner is that a tongue twister i'm not sure uh last week and you know i i actually turned it off at halftime like a lot of people did but wow wow <laughs> like i know he had it in him we thought everybody thought that aaron Rodgers would done for the season last week but he came back. He was his. He was his perfect self. Um, you know, he's definitely going to be hampered as far as mobility goes. But I feel like um, if he plays, you know, you're, uh, if he plays or if he doesn't play, you obviously need to uh, majorly upgrade or downgrade the Green Bay Packers um, pass catchers in this matchup. Um, for example, like if if he's not playing. Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, everybody's a sit. If he is playing, it's still a tough matchup. The Minnesota Vikings defense is the real deal. Um, I would I would stay away from Devontae Adams in this matchup regardless, honestly. He's also banged up, questionable to play. Um, I believe that he is a game-time decision. He's going to be a game-time decision going into this matchup. I don't like it. You know, he's the number one receiver on the team. They're probably going to lock him down. Randall Cobb, though, had a huge week last week. I feel like he's the guy that you want to be playing um, as far as Green Bay Packers uh, pass catchers go. On the Vikings side of the ball, um, the Green Bay's defense is pretty all right. But, you know, you're going to start your Kirk Cousins, start Adam Thielen, start Stephon Diggs. Kyle Rudolph is somebody that I'm kind of worried about. On this roster, um, I know he had the touchdown last week, and I know that the the tight end market, like in general, was just very disappointing last week. Both Delaney Walker and Greg Olson also going down with injuries last week. Um, but literally nobody scored um, if you were a tight end, unless you were like Jordan Reed or somebody. Um, such such a weird week one, honestly. But Kyle Rudolph only had one target in this offense. I know it was a touchdown. I'm worried about him going into this week. Um, if you have flexibility on your roster, I would suggest um, benching, you know, Vikings tight end Kyle Rudolph for a Trey Burton. You know, def- definitely if we're going on if we're going on to to other tight ends, Trey Burton. I know I know he had a stinker last week. 
Uh, only had about two points in PPR formats, but roll him out this week. I'm definitely still a believer in Trey Burton, although I am biased. I do own him. Um, the Falcons are six six point favorites over the Panthers this week. Uh, big news: Devonta Freeman is actually ruled out of this matchup, so it looks like it is going to be the Tevin Coleman show uh, against a tough Panthers defense. Um, I, re- I I'm somebody that really likes Devonta Devonta Freeman. I feel like you can you can. Um, all right. I'm somebody that really likes Tevin Coleman in release of Devonta Freeman. He's somebody that you can plug in um, as a fringe a fringe running back one, a high-end running back two this week uh, going up against the Panthers. Uh, definitely start Matt Ryan in this matchup. I know that you know Thursday night last, last week in week one um, – Everybody was laying in to Matt Ryan for being awful. I feel like he's going to have a bounce back week. There's people that just start start slow week one, and I feel I feel like Matt Ryan is a good quarterback. Um, Julio Jones lit the world on fire last week. Hopefully, he can get in the end zone uh, for once in his career. I saw a meme last week, and it was AJ Green uh, week two, and it goes took it took me one one half to score as many touchdowns as Julio Jones last year. The Texans are three point favorites over the Titans. Big factor in this matchup: Marcus Mariota went down with a elbow injury last week, where he lost feeling in his hands. Um, I believe that he's questionable for this matchup, and they're leaning towards uh, playing him, but also playing Matt Castle. Um, that being said, you know I'm majorly downgrading all of my Titans uh, go- going into this tough matchup. Uh, Deion Lewis, Derrick Henry, Corey Davis. If you can sit them, I would suggest sitting them, just because of the uncertainty of the quarterback position. Um, I just really don't believe um, in the Titans this week going up against a Texans defense that has J.J. Watt, that has Marcellus, that has the Honey Badger. Um, I just, if you can stay away, I would stay away. Um, but on the other side of the ball, Texans also having quarterback quarterback issues. Uh, Deshaun Watson looked rusty last week. We're still waiting on him to come back to his buzzsaw quarterback form. Uh, he was another one. He was another guy that Greg started that last week, and he just felt the burn, felt the rust uh, coming off of his tight, tight loss to Keith. Um, but I'm I'm expecting him to bounce back this week. You know, I feel I feel like you know it's going to be sooner rather than, rather than later as far as Deshaun Watson goes. Um, you know, I feel like I'm not I'm not worried about the injury. Um, I'm not worried about the injury. Go, going into going into this week, I feel like once once he has another another week of practice, which he does, um, you know he's he's going to be all systems go, and you're going to be able to rely on DeAndre Hopkins and um, maybe even Will Fuller going forwards. But Hopkins definitely starting this week. Start Lamar Miller this week. I, I saw that people were a little questionable on like what they should do with Lamar Miller. Definitely start him. He's a three down back. Um, you know he's he's going to be a you know, high end RB two, low end RB one uh, going into this week. The Rams are thirteen and a half point favorites going up against the Cardinals this year. Yeesh! Um, I think this is this line is heavy tilt. You know, every, everybody's running on the Rams being 
Super Bowl contenders this year. Everybody is pulling away from the Cardinals after Sam Bradford's uh, experience last week. You know, I definitely felt, uh, you know, Sam Bradford's poor performance last week being both a David Johnson owner and a Larry Fitzgerald owner. Let me tell you, I have the moxie to say that I am starting both of those players this week. I feel like the tilt is real. And despite everybody telling me to sit Larry Fitzgerald, you know, I'm definitely starting him over people like Marvin Jones and over people like Golden Tate. I know that those are both Lions receivers and people are also tilting on them versus um, Stafford and everything. Stafford, you know, poor performance coming off of Monday Night Football. Um, But Larry Fitzgerald, I still think, is a fringe wide receiver one heading into this week just because game script is going to be his favor, going to be in his favor. You see the Rams, 13.5-point favorites. The the Cardinals are going to have to pass the ball to both the running back and the wide receiver and the tight end, honestly. Ricky Seals-Jones, I see you. They're going to have to, to have success to have a shot in this game. Um, so I'm definitely rolling out really just David Johnson and uh, Larry Fitzgerald in this matchup. Those, those are really the only relevant options. No Chase Edmonds. Uh, no Christian Kirk. I don't like Ricky Seals Jones either. This is this is this is a tough defense. It is a hard matchup, but I feel like the volume is going to be there for those two guys. Sit Sam Bradford. Don't even get me started on that. Come on. As far as the Ram go, Rams go, you're definitely starting Todd Gurley. Um, I would start Brandon Cooks this week. I know I know it's a tough matchup. Um, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods all proved to be very relevant. Fantasy starters last week, um, you know I for the, I would tell you to start one of these guys over the other, but really I feel like it comes down to roster construction. Like you could slide one of these guys into your flex if you needed somebody. Um, and out of and out of all of the options, I really prefer um, Cooper Cooper Cup. You know I I own him. I think that he's a big red zone target. Um, that plays in the slot, so a lot of touchdowns. He got a touchdown last week. Um, I know, I know that Brandon Cooks is also, you know, finding finding himself a role in the offense. Um, but he's just somebody. I I just feel like he's so inconsistent. I I don't like him that much. Um, Cooper Cup definitely definitely my preferred option on that offense. The 49ers are six point favorites against the Lions this week. I am hoping and praying that Matt Stafford can find himself again against the 49ers this week. I, I think that this could potentially be a shootout. Um, you know, I, I, I was thinking about starting Marvin Jones this week as well, trying to get the stack because, you know, my, my defense and and my one running back combined for like seven points this week. Um, so I was thinking about getting the stack, but I, I really wanted to play it safe this week. Because I feel like I have a shot heading into this matchup. Um, we also proved that the Lions running backs this year, definitely something you want to stay away from for the time being. The The O-line was not looking good. Matthew Stafford took a lot of hits this past week. Matthew Stafford got annihilated. Honestly, he was hit over and over and over again. It was because, because of the O-line not giving him enough time. And the O-line is actually a very big factor as far as fantasy football goes, just from an offensive efficiency perspective. Um, you see you see all these guys like Aaron Rodgers and Big Ben, you know, thrive 
and it's because they have time and they're mobile and they're able to make smart decisions with the football. Whereas Stafford, I don't even know how many picks he had last week. Was it four? Was it five? I, I was sad. I turned I turned it off honestly, um, and I'm a little worried about him going going into this week. But I know that he has the potential to be a top um, quarterback one, top ten quarterback one going into this matchup. So I am rolling him out. Um, I actually put in a claim to pick up uh, Alex Smith of the Redskins over this week, but I won last week, so I, I ended up not getting him. So the Lions definitely definitely want to start up your. Matthew Stafford's. I feel like you can take a shot. Uh, Marvin Jones, little riskier of a of a wide receiver start, but I feel like you got you got to start him um, and hope for a big game. Uh, Golden Tate, you know, has the volume where he can be a relevant option as well. And on the 49ers side, I would start uh, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, the the Lions defense really isn't looking that great. Um, Matt Burrito worries me a little bit just because he only had one reception last week. Um, you know, he's he's in the backfield with Alfred Morris. I'm not sure how that's going to shake out. I actually ended up dropping Matt Breida, uh this past week. But, but I will also temper that somebody was also stupid, to, stupid enough to drop Evan Ingram uh, last week, tilting off of his performance against Jacksonville. So... Like I, I just, I just really just saw the opportunity and capitalized on it. Matt Breida was the weakest guy on my roster at the time. That being said, Jimmy Garoppolo had a strong rapport with Dante Pettis this week, and also George Kittle, the tight end, was a huge waiver wire pickup this past week. I believe that both both of those guys will continue to see work. Um, against against the Lions, and I I really like George Kittle. If you're somebody that is, you know, worried about his tight end position, um, is has one of these guys like Trey Burton or um, you know any any of the other disappointments from Week One, George Kittle definitely going to see targets in the offense. Roll him out as well. Broncos are six and a half point favorites against the Raiders this week. Oh my God, Oakland, John Gruden, what's going on? I I really I really don't know what to say here. Um, Amari Cooper didn't see any targets. I own Amari Cooper here, John Gruden, and John Gruden came out and he was like, they were like, oh, you know, you got to get Amari Cooper going. He said, easier said than done. That worries me as a fantasy owner. Definitely shades of last year as far as Amari Cooper Cooper went as just. Um, he has weeks that he just totally disappears, but he also has weeks that he will set the world on fire. So you feel obligated to roll him out. I'm worried about it. I am He is actually my sit of the week going on the road against the Broncos. I feel like you can trust um, Marshawn Lynch if you have him this week just because of the volume. And I also think that you can start... Jared Cook, who gave the Rams trouble last week, over 100 yards receiving. Um, you can see that Derek Carr obviously was relying on him in the offense. I feel like you can start him this week, but be wary because I also feel like it could have just been a game plan uh, kind of thing. The Raiders are known for only relying on you know one guy week to week, which is just really bad for fantasy because you don't know who to start and who to sit. But those two guys, I feel like you can fire up against the Broncos. Other than that, 
I feel like Case Keenum's a really good streamer in this in this matchup. He's somebody that, you know, looking at Matthew Stafford, I kind of um, was feeling nervous about Matthew Stafford. I thought about Alex Smith. I thought about Case Keenum as well. Um, you know, that Raiders defense really isn't looking that good. Other than that, Demarius Thomas uh, still had it. Emmanuel Sanders had a huge game last week. You're definitely going to be rolling out those two guys uh, this week as well. And the big emerging factor in this offense that we saw last week that was a big waiver wire pickup this week was the undrafted rookie running back, Philip Lindsay. We got a ton of Philip Lindsay hate on Twitter just because he was just eating and eating into uh, Royce Freeman's uh, workload last week. I was actually a beneficiary of that of that because um, I was playing Royce Freeman. Uh, thank you so much. You were able to uh, pull off my one-point win, uh, Philip, Philip Lindsay. I really appreciate you. However, I feel like uh, Royce Freeman is the back to own going forward, but it's looking like it may be a committee approach or it may be, you know, just like a 1A, 1B, kind of like the Atlanta Falcons. Um, it's definitely a backfield to monitor going forward. The Patriots are one-point favorites over the Jaguars this week. Um, I really, you know, I, I tend to st- stray away from players um, playing the Jaguars. I feel like you absolutely have to start Rob Gronkowski going into this matchup. Um, you know, he's he's the only Patriot that I feel absolutely 100, 100% committed to. Um, other than maybe Chris Hogan, uh, you know, I, I hope that he doesn't really see too much of Jalen Ramsey, Ramsey this week. Um, Philip Dorsett also also netted a huge amount of targets last week. Um, you know the the Patriots are unpredictable as usual. They like to they like to toss to the tight ends and to the running backs. It's not a lot of the wide receivers, so that's why I stray away from both Chris Hogan and and Philip Dorsett going into going into this week. Um, something else to also monitor: I believe that Rex Burkhead is going to be sitting out of this matchup with a concussion. And I also I also think that Sony Michelle is going to make make his rookie debut. So I feel like he's somebody I I wouldn't start him this week, especially in the tough matchup uh, against Jacksonville. He's somebody that you really want to monitor going forward though, because he has very high upside, a lot of hype coming off of Sony Michelle, uh, first round pick um, coming for the Patriots in the draft. On the Jaguar side. Leonard Fournette is questionable with a hamstring injury. We saw him go down with that last week. Um, that's something to definitely monitor. It's not looking good for him as far as playing goes. Um, I'm not sure if if it was just because uh, TJ Yeldon also went down with an ankle injury this week, but the Jaguars have uh, moved up another running back from their practice squad. I definitely want to monitor him going forward. You know, he he could possibly play on on Sunday. He said the hamstring was good, but as you know, this this offense is is hugely relying on Leonard Fournette to be successful. Um, so if he plays, definitely start him up. If he's out, T.J. Yeldon becomes a running back one this week. That's just the bottom line. Um, Definitely, if you were the Leonard Fournette owner, I would be trying to acquire TJ Yeldon um, as an insurance policy just because um, the the opportunity is going to be there. If you can't start either one of these guys, you're, you're, um, 
your lineup's going to take a hit as far as talent-wise goes just because, you know, you probably drafted Leonard Fournette in the first round. I know I did in the league that I'm not too crazy about. All right, this one this one kind of makes me laugh. The Cowboys are three-point favorites against the Giants. I don't know if this is Vegas or not, honestly. I'm not I'm not too thrilled about that line, honestly. Like I would I would definitely be be um going for the Giants in this matchup, but I don't know. At me, honestly. Like, do you guys Saquon Barkley was able to save himself last week. Odell Beckham's gonna light it up in this matchup, obviously. Like, I I, I really don't like I think you can start Evan Ingram definitely probably considering the tight the tight end matchup. Um, maybe even Sterling Shepard, honestly, you can, you can slide into your flex. Um, you know, I, I would, I would start at the Giants this week, uh, on the Cowboys side, you know, I, I'm not, I'm still waiting to see if the wide, if the wide receivers can break out this week. Um, if there can be one go-to guy that can be relied on in the offense at all, it's going to be interesting. Uh, you're definitely starting Zeke in this matchup. You know, I, it's a start. I don't like him. I don't like him this year. I didn't draft him in either league. I actually drafted Melvin Gordon over um, Ezekiel Elliott in my one league. Um, you can at me. Like I don't. I don't care. I stand by. I like the targets, um, and I really think that the Cowboys are just going to have trouble um, converting uh, touchdowns this year. Just because, like, I'm very worried about Dak Prescott and just his receiving options. Like, I, I don't know what else to say. Dak Prescott looked bad last week. I don't know if Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. Like, I, I'm gonna get a lot of hate for that, but like, I, I really think that he relied on the offensive line and and Zeke heavily last week, and and he also had De- Des Bryant and Jason Witten to constantly b- bail him out on balls. I know, I know that Des was was um very bad last year as well but I I just I just don't really know um the Bears are three and a half point favorites against the Seahawks what a time what a 2018 what a time to be alive where the, where the Bears are three and a half point favorites over the Seahawks I really like Jordan Howard in this matchup um you know I liked Jordan Howard last week when he had a, when, he, when he had a tougher um schedule against the Bears you know he's somebody he's like borderline my start of the week my start of the week you know was Jarvis Landry but you know he was he was somebody if you're looking for a running back or if you own him definitely roll him up roll him out against the Seahawks this week the legion of boom has died and it is it is far and gone other than that you know I would definitely start Trey Burton I know he had a uh, stinker last week don't drop Trey Burton uh definitely definitely keep him on the roster he had the targets you know I just feel like he needs, you know, just another game to, to really get into rhythm and break out. You know, Matt Nagy's taking over. Sometimes you need a game to adjust. You need, like, to, to get all your stuff together. Uh, we see that with a, lot, with a lot of the offenses this year. So Trey Burton def, definitely roll out. Um, even Allen Robinson. You know, I, I feel like if you own Allen Robinson, you're starting Allen Robinson. Uh, but you know the Seahawks defense is definitely not looking that great. So uh, definitely roll out all of those guys. I I'm still a little bullish on starting Mitch Trubisky th- this week just because I want to see you know him actually put up you know a full game. He was looking a little skittish last week um, when Aaron Rodgers had his number. Um, so it's so it's going to be interesting. 
other than that, Seahawks, not a lot of people I want to start in this game. I I heard Matthew Barry say that, that Russell Wilson is borderline unstartable in this matchup. I do not agree with you, Matthew Barry. I feel like you are starting Russell Wilson in most scenarios against um, a bunch a bunch of um, NFL NFL defenses. I'm starting him this week personally. Um, I know that Doug Baldwin is going to be out this week. You know he has he's he's had a knee injury that has been bothering him. Um, so Russell Wilson's going to be relying on Ty Lockett and Will Disley, um, the tight end that scored last week and made a lot of people angry, um, to become to continue to be fantasy relevant. I just feel like Russell Wilson's just the quarterback that is going to be relevant in. Any scenario, you know, I believe in the talent. He's proved it time and time again. Um, but he's the only guy that I would really start this week, honestly. Even Chris Carson. I'm not I'm not really digging Chris Carson against Khalil Mack um, or Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny's going to be, you know, continued to be a minor role uh, in this office, I believe. He's a second, he's a second half of the year kind of guy that you want on his team, on your team. Maybe trade for him uh, later. So getting into um, in and outs, you know, I definitely have gone through a majority of them already. Looking looking at um, you know the matchups and everything. Um, something that I I just I just want to add to Joe Mixon is actually going to require uh, knee surgery uh, for an injury that he sustained uh, yesterday or uh, last week against Baltimore. He's going to be out two to four weeks. Uh, definitely pick up Giovanni Bernard. Joe Mixon is somebody that has averaged um, over 20 touches a game uh, through the first two weeks of the season. So definitely pick up Giovanni Bernard. You know, he's somebody I am putting, I'm putting Joe Mixon on my IR and I'm going and I'm picking up Giovanni Bernard. Absolutely, 100%. I hope my league doesn't listen to this, honestly, because they'll probably try to nap him ahead of him. But. All right. I do it for the people. I do it for you guys. <laughs> I put the team on my back. Uh, David Johnson, Deshaun Jackson, and Marlon Mack are all expected to play this week. Uh, just really great news for the Cardinals that David Johnson is playing. Uh, I was worried. Um, David Johnson is basically the Arizona Cardinals' entire offense at this point. Other than that, guys, you know, I will be available on Twitter if you need any final start sit. Uh, help heading into your week two matchups. I wish you all the best of luck. Um, but if you need me, hit me up on Twitter at NextManUpPod with one P. Uh, and you can expect the entire crew to come back next week uh, with all your week three start sets, ad drops uh, headed into the season. But until then, this is Derek Rieger of Next Man Up signing off. Yo. This is the Resurrection Tour, Next Man Up podcast. What's good? We we missed y'all season week two to sixteen and into the playoffs, but uh, we're back and uh, with a vengeance. This is Derek Rieger coming at you. Uh, yeah, with former champion Keith Rose. What up? We're bringing it back. Okay, so just apologies, apologies for uh, you know. The lack of content coming out, you know. What happened was I was trying to get fancy before I was fancy. 
Is that right? That's that's <laughs> really that's really what it came down to. Because I'm I'm a perfectionist, man. I have a very high high um, standard for my quality of work, and you know, it just got to the point where I was getting in my head about like different things and try not trying to like solve problems when I should be. Just like you know, I I I like to put out good stuff, stuff that people would enjoy. But just putting out stuff, period, is more important. And uh, that's why we're back here. You know, I know, I know the fantasy season's over now, but I feel like we learned a lot. I dominated this fantasy league. I provided. Jesus. I needed the ethos to really back up my stuff. I'm talking. I'm talking three time fantasy champion, current reigning 2018 champion, 10 and two during the regular season. Should have been 11 and one, but like Colin had to get me on my way out. Like, what's going on? But and Keith here. Yeah, lost, third, third place. Lost third to place. me in the first round of the playoff. Was able to sneak in six and six, and uh, pulled it off. How how did you do it, by the way? Because you know I, I I've I've compiled some stats here, and uh, I let's see let's see exactly what you did. So Keith Keith averages about hundred points a week. Um, this year you put up. 1,320 points, that's compared to, you know, mine, I had like 1,445, and you somehow got the tiebreakers, everything broke right, who do you, who do you give that to, like, who do you credit, you know, who brought you to where you are? Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. I'm gonna give it to him. Um, Let me down in the playoffs, obviously, with a little, little video incident he had, but other than that, I mean... My running backs are pretty much the only thing I had on my team. Oh, and Drew Brees. Got to give it to Drew Brees, too. He's always good. Yeah, he is always good. Old reliable. Except mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Yeah, when yeah. When he disappeared. You know, <laughs> I got to the playoffs. That's the important part. Yeah, but no. Yeah, um, Absolutely. And you, you have faith for Kareem Hunt as a potential keeper. You think he's going to be picked up? Next year, yeah. Sometime. I mean, it wasn't the incident, obviously, wasn't a good look, but I don't think it's no, anything. it wasn't a good look. No, at all. <laughs> certainly not. But I don't think it's anything the level of a Ray Rice incident. I feel like he's talented enough, a team will pick him up, and um, yeah, I expect to see him on an NFL roster next year. So we'll see what happens. So, um, where, where do you know where you pick in the in the order? I believe sixth, seventh. Is there Seven. is there anybody that you're eyeing that is currently a free agent that you might have your eyes on in the first round? Oh, um, you could tell me because I pick behind you. I'm ten. Yeah. Well, what? Who do we have available in the league? Actually, I know we have. Mm, it depends on who keeps who, as well. Okay. So. so let let me run down. You know, bearing in mind, you know, like draft order, who who's got who, kind of. I can give you like a list of uh, probably people that are that are going to be kept. So Chris is probably going to keep Saquon. Yeah, good, good, good call. Seth, <laughs> Seth is probably going to keep Ezekiel uh, Elliott. All right. Brandon's going to keep Christian McCaffrey. Greg is going to keep Alvin Kamara. John's going to keep Todd Gurley. Um, Tom's probably going to go Julio Jones. Angelo's a wild card. He could make a really bonehead move. Like I thought, I thought Le'Veon Bell was going to be off the board, but we really don't know what his situation is. Yeah, that that's something to keep an eye on for and, sure. And then um, Colin, I think his best option is Nick Chubb, but like you know, he could also make a bonehead move, and yeah. somebody else could be off the board. 
And then I am torn. I might go James Conner, depending on, you know, what the hell's going on with the Steelers nowadays. Maybe you can give me some insight there. Or um, possibly Devontae Adams, number one wide receiver in fantasy this past year. So that being said, you got... Yeah, Melvin Gordon on the board. You got. Um, I feel like Melvin Gordon might be gone though. No, Melvin Gordon will probably be gone. Yeah, might have to see. It's tough in a keeper league when you have almost every single team keeping a running back because by the time the seventh pick comes up, virtually no upper tier running backs are left at that point. So I feel like I might have to go receiver there, which you know would be a shame because I'm likely going to keep Tyree Kill too. Not right. that you can't build a fantasy roster on receivers, but not it's less than ideal. Gotcha. So let me read you off some potential people uh, that may be going around your spot based on who's keeping who and everything. These are way too early fantasy football rankings, but uh, kind of get kind of getting in here. Looks like most of these guys are going to be off the board. I'm going to count DeAndre Hopkins as one. Michael Thomas is two, AB three. They got Travis uh, Kelsey going probably, super early. probably in there before that. Four. Yeah, I think he was actually. Yeah. yeah. So five. Where was I at? Six. Okay, so you're looking at the likes of Odell Beckham, Leonard Fournette. No, probably not Fournette. Lady, uh, yeah. Well, that's a that's yeah. There's that's a situation unsta- going on situation. there. Yeah, because. He, uh, Leonard Fournette, if the viewers don't know, uh, the listeners, punched a guy in the face and they voided all the guaranteed money off of his contract. They can cut him tomorrow and no consequences will come to the team. There will be no dead money. So it is really fragile. You know, He's in a situation where I do think they're going to bring him back next year. But if 2019 doesn't go well, could Never be know. goodbye Leonard Fournette. He could be. But I, th- I think he's talented. Yeah, he's also got that injury issue as well. How many games did he play this year? Not a lot. Yeah, it was, not a lot. I think he so. was he single handedly. He was up there with Gronkowski. Yeah, that in, was bad. That in, was a real uh, bad Gronk year. You know, players that really just shafted <laughs> the yeah. other teams. I would say that was probably the and and the end of the demise of my team was Rob Gronkowski consistently underperforming and then performing once every five weeks or so so you would have or high faith in them start them again and then they let you down once more right so look looking at some other rankings here you know you might be looking at somebody like dalvin cook mm, um yeah. Aaron, Again, Aaron is, jones <laughs> all right all right all right he's not a not even no not a first round talent at all. They got Chris Carson super high here. George Kittle. Um, okay, well, okay. So let me let me give let me give you a more generic answer. Do, what round would you be comfortable drafting a tight end in twenty nineteen? Um, uh, keeper league or standard league? If you, how early would you draft Travis Kelsey? If if end of was, second round, if it end was of second round, end, end of the second league. round in our keeper league, yeah, okay, so probably so mid to late third round in a standard. It league. would be around like the 29th, 30th pick. Yeah, I think somewhere in there is about right. I, I feel like that's where he's going to end up going. Yeah. I could see people reaching for him though, just because the the tight end landscape was abysmal. This I mean, year. you say that, but 
Vance was pretty consistent for me. Whenever, Vance McDonald. For everybody, yeah. Vance McDonald. Anytime you'd stream him, consistent seven points, which from the tight end spot, I'm pretty happy with. Considering See, Brock was getting me like three. So You say that. Vance McDonald was on my championship team. Um, and then I remember I streamed him one week, and he got me 1.1 points. Well, you're going to have that. You're going to have that <laughs> occasionally. Well, that's, yeah. that's just – it illustrates the drop-off that you have from the – basically, it's Travis Kelsey – it's Zach Ertz. It it probably is George Kittle yeah, because say. he's he's entered that conversation with the backup quarterback, by the way, that he's playing with all year. Yeah, um, that's an interesting. Uh, he'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, I feel I'm like not... those guys are at tier, and then like where does Gronk fall next year in drafts? I'd still take him, but I'd take him late if he's even playing. He might he might honestly retire this offseason. He contemplated it last year. But yeah, if Brady's back, he'll likely be back. Well, it'll be interesting to see how all of those pieces shake out. I believe Josh McDaniels said that he will be returning the, the offensive coordinator. So he's That's he's good. had a lot of head coaching um, interest, and uh, you know I feel like he's going to be back. Yeah, I mean there are plenty of head coaching positions opening up, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what, happens. what do we got? We got Bengals, Bucks. Cardinals, but it looks like they're hiring Cardinals. USC's yeah, coordinator. yeah, uh, yeah, that guy, whoever it is, Kevin. I I'm totally yeah, blanking on the guy. <laughs> uh, Bruce Arians ended up going to Tampa Bay. What do you think about that? I think Tampa Bay is in good hands. Yeah, the Steelers' <laughs> offensive coordinator for I believe the 0809 Super Bowl team. Oh, was that was that him? Yeah, yeah, he's you know did worked wonders with the Cardinals, and you saw what happened after he left. <laughs> Granted, you know, no Carson Palmer, but still, that right. was a pretty abysmal year. Did you um, did you happen to see the um, one photo that Matthew Barry put up of the, it was like the 03 Redskins coaching staff? No. Okay, so it was like, they were like 3-13 and 13 or something, and it was head coach uh, Kyle Shanahan. They had um, Matt LaFleur as the offensive coordinator who just took the job for Green Bay, actually. Oh, gotcha. So, you know, they, they had that going on. And then the QB coach was Sean McVay. Oh, crap. <laughs> they had all of those coaches tied up and, and on the team, and they went three and 13 somehow yeah i don't know how you do i like i, I think that's, there's just no no talent on the redskins roster that year i mean they are the redskins they are the redskins but i think you credit that to lack of nfl experience probably probably you know they were all getting started and everything so yeah yeah but that's oh, pretty wild as well the, the browns are also looking for a head coach right so we'll see do what you happens. think freddie kitchens is going to retain that role uh well they had greg williams as interim head coach didn't they Coordinator. I think they may have, because I I'm not I'm not sure exactly who filled in. Yeah, I think it was Greg Williams. Well, right. I'm not. Yeah. But not, is it, he's been he's been that, displaced but, since. Oh, then. has he? All right. Yeah, because you know they're looking for a head coach now, and yeah. I think Freddie Kitchens was interviewing. I wouldn't be surprised that they they end up going with him. I mean, anything's better than Hugh Jackson. So. Yeah. When they they have a talented roster too, so I would expect right. to see them. I don't know. Okay. Maybe second in, in the AFC North next year. So if you're if you're an NFL head coach, Keith, let's just let's just you know throw out some hypotheticals here. Would you rather have the head coach job of the Browns, the Packers, or curveball the New York Jets? I mean, 
I want to say Packers just because you have Rodgers there. But then again, the pressure. But you got on, the expectation. Yeah, you underperform and you're just Mike McCarthy all right. over again. Um, I, I want to say Jets because they're kind of in between. Because the Browns, uh, it's, that's just that's where people go to die. <laughs> if you're a coach of the Browns, you're probably not going to last too long. I feel like there's. So that's a bad history. And they get, the Jets did give Todd Bowles three years. Something like that. Yeah. So but I feel like they're not every, too quick to make everybody a Everybody loves Todd Bowles, though. I mean, <laughs> they said they were going to have zero wins two years ago, and they came out with, what, five, six? Yeah, Something no. Something like that? <laughs> I severely underestimated Josh McCown. Yeah. I didn't think he'd, he could be good. Yeah, he's he's something. Same thing with the Bills this year. The, I think I feel like the thing the thing with the Jets is you basically have a blank slate other than Sam Darnold. You got you know, for your franchise quarterback, and then what is it like two hundred million dollars of cap space? Like they could yeah yeah they, they, you, you got plenty of room. I would expect it. them to go like heavy in a free agency this offseason. Maybe bring in some veteran guys. You know, like a Cleveland Browns type turnover. Yeah yeah, well, or at least I think they should. You know they. They won, like, a good amount of games, you know. Uh, Darnold definitely improved throughout the season. Mm-hmm. And such a young quarterback, too. You can't – he's going to – I think he's younger he's than us. He's certainly going to – he might be. He I might think be. He was, I think he went to the draft. I think Baker's year, younger correct. than us. Yeah, we're getting old. Getting we old are now. getting old. But regardless, I think, yeah, you'd have to go with the Jets, given just all the options you have. Cool. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Amari Cooper? It's been tale of two cities for this guy. You know, you, you always have a handful of players. Amari Cooper, I could say Derrick Henry I also see on this list. Where do you think they're going to go in drafts? Uh, and would you, would you take, take either one? Would you take either one? I would take one? Derrick Henry real late. People are going to take him way too high, I think, because of this. Because you got Thomas Lefflers out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the Thomas Lefflers of the world. But they take did, Derrick he, Henry in the fourth round. finally show up at the end of the season. So I wouldn't be afraid to take him maybe, I don't know, eight or nine, maybe seven. Right. It, it depends on, you know, how many teams are in your league and whatnot. But I, I wouldn't. I guess I wouldn't take him super late, but certainly. So at the earliest, like the seventh round? Yeah, probably. Maybe. I mean, maybe six. I don't really. I'd have to look at the depth at RB because I'm not really, not really too. I mean, to be honest, so yeah, many things are going to change between yeah. now and when we actually end up drafting. Yeah. You know, it's all kind of hypotheticals, but that's a good that's a good uh, thought there. But um, that's that's one of the things I'm I'm like thinking ahead on with Matt Lafleur going into Green Bay. Like this guy didn't even know how to like figure out how to use Derrick Henry until what week thirteen, week fourteen, yeah, yeah. and now he just gets kind of gets handed this head coaching job. I'm just like. It's a little weird. I'm not yeah. sure about like him yeah. going in. Like the I, Packers running back situation's always been muddy, so that's kind of something to definitely avoid. I think. I mean, I feel like Aaron draft. Jones could. You know, Aaron Jones is definitely like the most talented guy. Yeah. On the roster. That's true, but then you know you might have another rookie running back coming next year. It's true. What, Aaron Jones was a rookie this year, second year player. I think he was second year. He okay. got suspended for I think drugs. Okay. Gotcha. But I think, yeah, he was he was he was the guy you wanted to own by the end of the season. He was on Seth's team. I think he got a few starts in the playoffs. Um, so, all right, question for you. Okay, what's up? Aaron Jones or Derrick Henry next year in the draft? Who are you taking higher? Uh Aaron Jones. Really? Yeah, yeah. Especially especially with um, you know Devonte Adams, I'm thinking about keeping as well. It'd be nice. Like I feel like. 
the Packers offense as a whole really couldn't get worse than it has this past year. Yeah. And then Devontae Adams was still the number one receiver in fantasy. I feel like, you know, the sky's the limit for these guys if they can actually get a game plan behind a healthy Aaron Rodgers. But like you said, Matt LaFleur couldn't figure out how to utilize Derrick Henry till the end of the season. It's true. And when Derrick Henry showed up, he showed up big time. He did too. show up big time. I think time. Deion Lewis is he is out of the even not even remotely in the conversation for running back next year for the Titans. Yeah, I mean, I feel Second like it's string, it's all a question of risk, you know. I feel like it's just like, all right, which Derrick Henry are we going to get? Are we going to get 30 touches a game Derrick mm-hmm. Henry? Or are we going to get, you know, Alabama Derrick Henry? Yeah, Alabama yeah. Derrick Henry, are we going to get the, you know, 10 touches for 37 yards Derrick yeah. Henry? Yeah, that's I a think good he point. leads the league in negative yardage for his runs. <laughs> I mean, he's still ended up with pretty decent stats, though. So right, he's not Barry Sanders, but <laughs> I, dra- I drafted Deion Lewis ahead of him. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but at the beginning of the season, that wasn't a bad pick. It wasn't a know? bad pick in the beginning of the season. They both no, ended probably... up being pretty bad picks. Yeah, yeah, that was probably relatively late round too, because. Honestly, by the time you hit round six, if you're finding good players, you're getting lucky at that point. We went right. back and looked at our draft board, and it was round five on was pretty abysmal as the who we picked. I think there there was literally one round where just everybody yeah. was injured. That or, might have even been round five. It, it could have been I round took five. Josh Gordon in round five. I took Jay Ajayi in round five. Yeah, and that was a bad pick. So after the first that, few that picks, was gets, like, that was like an anxiety pick. I was yeah. like, I don't know who I want to take. I'm like, I never take Eagles. I'm an Eagles fan. Like, let's just go. And it was a bad move. I, I, I never draft Eagles. <laughs> that is a real downer when you're watching your own team and you're like trying to root for your team, but then you're also trying to root for a single player on your team. Yeah. That kind of ruins watching the game, I realized. I enjoyed watching Week 17 Steelers football a lot more than I had the rest of the season. Right, because you're constantly stressed about yeah. Antonio Brown and – Whatever. What what is Antonio Brown doing nowadays? Uh, chill with James Harrison on Instagram, I think. What yeah. is the percentage that you would give over under that he gets traded this offseason? Seventy five percent. Seventy five percent. I think they're gonna trade him. It's looking yeah, it's looking pretty apparent. So straight to New England with them? <laughs> I hope not. You know, oh I heard God. they have a need at wide receiver with, yeah. you know, Josh Gordon being suspended indefinitely. I mean, there's plenty of teams like that, though. It doesn't <laughs> have to be New England. You can go to San Francisco. So what, is, what does that mean for the office that, offense? And does Juju become a top 10 wide receiver? I think so. I think he's talented enough. If you watched him play this year, he was making plays all over the field. Randy Moss and guys on occasions. Right. He's a very talented receiver. Outplayed AB this year, I don't think. He did. I don't think many people. Statistically, he did. If you don't watch the Steelers a lot, you might not know. Or, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what touchdowns exactly. How AB, I think AB had more fantasy points just because of touchdowns. Right. But, you know, I think Ben was targeting AB a lot in the red zone. Those red zone targets might go to Juju. Taller receiver, more, you know, physically gifted, talented. Youthful. More youthful, more, yeah. More lit. Uh, more lit. Much we'll, more dope. say more lit. Yeah. A, a pro bowler this year. Yes. Over yeah, Antonio probably. Brown. <laughs> Well-deserved. So yeah, I think he has a great year next year. I just um, I just know we were laughing at Tom for keeping Juju this past year over these other guys, yeah. and he actually ended I, up turning out all right. I ate my words on that one yeah. for sure. Crazy, crazy, crazy! But it definitely hurts the offense as a whole. Oh yeah, between that and Bell being gone, 
Right. I could, yeah. Like, I'm sitting there, and, like, the whole year I was like, I'm keeping James Conner. James Conner is the workhorse backup. But between just, like, weird stuff that would go on with his usage and the coaching staff and, like, not yeah. knowing how to do anything, like... There was just like there were times where I was just like, where did James Conner go? Yeah, I don't know how much of that is the new offensive coordinator settling in, kind of trying to figure out right know, how to run an offense because I think he he was he was internally up, or internally upgraded. No, given the internal promotion, the words I was looking for. Right. So he I don't he was not an offensive coordinator before. So that, given his rookie years in OC, um, you might see some improvement next year, a little more consistency. And then, you know, James Conner's injury, too. So, I don't know how much, if he was hurt before and he was trying to play through injury. Right. You never really know. So, how are you feeling going into next season? Because uh, I don't know if you heard, but uh, Baker Mayfield is uh, kind of the real deal. He's got Love the, guy. the ascension <laughs> of the franchise. People literally, I, I, feel, so, I feel so good for oh, the people of Cleveland. It. They literally have nothing but the Cavs and LeBron James, it keeps leaving them. Yeah. They have to go back to their shitty uh, steel, steel worker jobs. <laughs> Put up the giant billboard of Baker now. Yeah, no, it's honestly. City, dude. Yeah, he's definitely the real deal. Like I said, I think Cleveland might take second in the AFC North next year. I don't think they're going to take first just because either the Ravens or the Steelers will probably get it. Even with A.B. gone. Yeah, I mean, the Ravens have definitely – they've been a team to watch this year. Lamar Jackson yeah, coming in. That defense, man. And then they just got shut down in the playoffs by the, the Chargers. Like, it's it was pretty crazy how they how they were able to scheme him. Yeah, yeah, that defensive scheme was not what you would expect for a run defense, but worked flawlessly for them. Okay, speaking of playoffs, we are competing in the NFL playoff challenge against each other. Oh, yeah. This is rough. And uh, pulling up the rosters here, you know, I, I actually had zero points in the Yeah, I saw your league. strategy. It, I, feel, I feel like that's the way to go. But, like, looking at your team here, first of all, you are I'm in not third place. Yeah. 47 total points scored. And you had, okay, you had Sean Watson, Tariq Cohen. What happened to Tariq Cohen? <laughs> There was like four was total touches, games. I think. Chris Carson. No I think that's good. a big reason they lost that game too. DeAndre Hopkins. What happens? Like, since when did the the Indianapolis Colts have a defense? Like, I know T. Y. Hilton uh, with the clown thing and everything, yeah. but well, he didn't. He didn't even go off that much either. I think he only had eighty five yards. Only eighty five right. yards, but you know, from T. Y. Hilton, you expect a little more. So the only the only people that will be moving on here looks like. Zach Ertz. And, and T.Y. Hatton. Yep. And you got 47 points. Banking heavy on the Bears and the Texans. And they both let me down. Yeah. So. Two of the best defenses in the league. Yeah. So, yeah, this is not – I'm not in a good situation. Not in this. a good situation at all. Looking at my roster, I, I opted for the divisional strategy. So, I have – my team is exclusively made up of Chiefs, Rams, and Saints. 
And to clarify, each week that you play a player, the next week you get double points. You play them the the week the following week you get triple points. Yeah, and the, multi- the multiplier keeps keeps going up. Yeah, and so. I also think it can work. It can work in reverse as far as, um, like negative points go as well. <laughs> Oh, I did not think about that. Which can be problematic if, you know, the Los Angeles Rams go to the Super Bowl and then get 60 points put up on them. Negative 5 turns into a negative 20. Negative 20, (laughs) etc. I think it does work like that. I'm not not entirely sure, though. But, um, yeah, my roster, I got Pat Mahomes, Todd Gurley, Alvin Kamara, Tyreek Hill, Michael Thomas, Travis Kelsey, Will Lutz, and the Rams defense. Superstar lineup. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one. Now, if either the Saints or the Chiefs loses, though, you're not going to be in a very good position anymore. Yes. I Yeah, I or would agree. Or if they both lose. I would agree, yeah. yeah. Well, it's just, you know, these three teams, I feel like, are the favorites to win the Super Bowl. I yeah, think they are think as that's... far as NFL goes. By the way, NFL giving my Eagles a 2.4% chance to win the Super Bowl. Like, mad oh. disrespect. You know, treat us like an underdog, man. It fuels us. You know, we out here with ski, ski masks. We stealing wins. That's what Nick Foles feeds on, the he, underdog. He's cool. <laughs> he doesn't have a heartbeat. He's so... He's frosty to snow. He just really relies on... <laughs> The double doink. Frosty the snowman. The double so doink. Cool. Did you see that? It was a tips ball. It was a yeah. tips ball. I thought it would end at first. I was losing my crap. I don't want to I don't want to <laughs> take any credit away from Cody Parkey because it actually does take a lot of talent to hit the goalpost twice. <laughs> well, do you see that brewery in Chicago is doing a if you kick a forty three yard field goal, you win beer for a year. Free beer for an entire year. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly indeed. <laughs> All right, Keith. I think it's time to wrap up. Do you have any uh, parting comments, wisdom, things you want to plug? You know. Um, Steelers need to tank the next two years and pick up Trevor Lawrence. That's all I got to say. All right. And uh, one last question for you. How does it feel to be a loser? Uh, not, not great. Not great. Not great. You knew the past two years, so. You yeah. understand the feeling. No, it it stings. It stings for a while. I have I got my championship ring in the mail. I'm redoing the belt. Um photos will go up on our uh Instagram Instagram Twitter. That is now has a new username actually. Um it is next man up underscore pod on both platforms. Spelled correctly. Cause we're this is the resurrection tour. We're back. Getting it right this That's time. That's what I'm right. Awesome. Sounds good. I think that went well.